on guys welcome back into the forges of common two podcast my name is tyler hi mary i'm aaron fuck black friday <laughs> Man, that's kind of uh, it's black friday at the time of this recording this is our creator focused episode it's a show we do once a month where we pull a random comic creator's name out of a bucket we do some history on talk about some books they've worked on the end of this episode we'll have to get the bucket because i forgot to grab it we'll pull out the next comic creator's name for next month's creator focus if one of you guys want to reach out and grab that that'd be appreciated uh mary who uh. are we talking about Tom, whoa, Tom King? Tom, Thomas Tom. Edward King. Is that his name? The second, no, I have no oh. idea. <laughs> Esquire. See, I would have known his full Thomas name. Thomas Kingus. You would have known, I would have known his full name. Biggest. I would have known his birth date. He would have known everything. everything. My God. I, I have that. Oh. I do have that. I have that. This is the guy who worked for the CIA, right? Yeah. Okay, that's yep. my brother's not a lot of He worked for that's the CIA? Right. He did. <gasps> Wow, I didn't know that. Now you know. I just learned. You gotta learn a lot about Tom King. I was learned. Tom King, guy, I feel like we've been we talked about quite a bit, especially in the early years of this podcast. We talked about quite a bit on this show. Yes, Um, until he wrote that dreaded thing that we don't talk about. Oh, Heroes of Crisis. Did he write that? (laughs) Was that Tom King? I have not heard. Uh, I think. I think some people like that. It, was definitely the that was much. definitely the love of that was the end of the, my love affair with Tom King. Really? Okay. It j- because like throughout his whole Batman run, it was very controversial. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. I was a big defender. I was like, no man, he's doing like, oh, like oh, trust just, me. I heard about it that one day where like oh, they yeah. won't even give him a hundred issues. <laughs> like because it was it was such a tonal change from what Snyder had done previously, and so there was a lot of people that just didn't dig Tom King's Batman. And like I was a defender, and like you know, I loved the Batman on fun. I loved the swamp, the swamp thing winter special. Loved, yeah, you know, Mister Miracle, all these really other things. Good. Yeah, Heroes of Crisis was the first time where like I started hearing the, oh. the, the Tom King critics, and like I started being like, what they were saying was like, oh, oh, that's true. Oh, that's really true. Yeah. I I don't I don't think I could uh, consciously remember that it was Tom King that wrote it. I just remember the people, and the funny thing, like the people. When that issue would come out, that would come into the store and get it, and like this fucking book, and I'm like, why do you keep getting it then? I, I well, I gotta see it out. I gotta see it to the end. It was like, one no, of those where like no. the first three or four issues, I'm like, okay, and then it's like the fifth or sixth issue where like, something something shit. pretty dramatic happens, and there was only eight, so there's only like two more after that. So I remember I finished it just to finish it, but yeah, it's no. and and I mean we'll probably talk about Heroes in Crisis a little bit, but the the idea of Heroes in Crisis wasn't it like on paper like when they were first promoting it, it was like okay. Talking about like mental health with superheroes and like how does Batman deal with the trauma? Yeah, that was quite of interesting. Being Batman, or, oh, I was like, or, he dresses up as Batman and goes right. <laughs> but like, where, like, where do these guys go when they need kind of a place to go? Like, it was a good idea. Oh my God, but it was what if like they had like a night nurse version, but it was like a therapy person that <laughs> everyone would go to. I mean, they basically had a facility. That's what Heroes <laughs> oh, okay. of Christmas is about. But like, it's just did the, you not read it's it? The, it's the no, just sort of character assassination of certain characters in that book where you're just like, well, that was a choice. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, a lot of good things to say about Tom King as well. I, I, I just think he's one of those, like, he's he, he's almost, so, I'm not going to 
compare him to Grant Morrison because I think Grant Morrison's a way better writer than he is. I think he's found. I think he's uh, found his footing as far as like. No, granted, he did a pretty long run on Batman, mm-hmm. but I think doing he he picks these things and he's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a 12 issue thing, and this, that's where this he's is the best. Story. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, I but think the reason he's... I bring up Grant Morrison is that the only way I would compare them is like Grant Morrison is similar in the way like Tom King when he hits, he hits good. When it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. But like when, it, when he misses, dude, <laughs> and and like you know, as much as I love Grant Morrison, there's definitely books you're like. That's a big swing and a miss there, dude. Like Tom King is very much in that in that state. Oh, I love R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh, so good. But uh, <laughs> but Tom King's yeah. Like when when it's when he's on, he's really on. And so, well, well, well Mary. Yeah. You a fan of Tom King? How much of you he's even pretty read all Tom right. King? Besides Heroes in Crisis, I guess you've read Mister Miracle, right? I read Mister Miracle. I read Swamp Thing. Okay, it's a little bit. Aaron, are you familiar with Thomas? Edward Patrick King Jr. Yeah, squad. Number two, the second. Uh, I mean, I read a book. I don't know. And you read but Mr. were you familiar Miracle. with him before that? Oh, I guess Mr. Miracle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, no. I mean... And Mr. Miracle, we all agreed, was good, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm a it. super fan of it, but I think we all agreed Mr. Miracle is at least good. Yeah. And I don't know how much of Tom King's stuff you had read before Mr. Miracle. Uh, you read Vision, right? Yeah, Vision's really good. Um, Where's Alex? (laughs) Alex, what is Vision about? It's about Vision. Vision. (laughs) Um, And and Rorschach. I mean, after after doing Mister Miracle, I was waiting for Rorschach to end so I could just sit down and just read it in one big go. Yeah, it was and I still have it done. Uh, what's the one? Strange Adventures. That what's called. And, and I'm I'm definitely going to pick that up when it when it's collected because it did right. just finish. Um, and Alex that just finished. Fuck that. <clears throat> that was like forever ago too. Yeah. Alex told me um, Omega Man was really good as well. That was one of his earlier things. Yeah. Uh, I remember he he was working on Grayson uh, oh. pre DC Rebirth with uh, Tim okay. Seeley. As well, when mm-hmm. they were doing like Agent Grayson, yeah. after he got his mind all fu- his yeah, identity that's when was public, I, that's when and I stopped shit. reading Nightwing stuff. Right. That, that's that, that's when it kind of started to come back around hmm. before before DC Rebirth. So, but yeah, Tom King, he's 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 doing some good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, these shows are basically divided into two parts. First part's like a history 101. Second part's book reports where we all read some. We're gonna talk about it except for Mary. Usually she's just gonna sit there drink and laugh. Um, but first part's history 101. Did you read anything, Mary? No. Jesus Christ. Why do we even do it, Mary? Come on. Why do we why do we do it? <laughs> What's even the point? Listen, Aaron, it's called burnout. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a little thing? We've got a lot of Aaron said that like a mobster that's like been in the game for a long time, but it's questioned every decision. She's like, Why do we do it, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> why do why? we even do it? Uh Tom King was born on July fifteenth, nineteen seventy eight. Uh he did go to Columbia University. Mm, he's smart. <laughs> very prestigious academy. Yeah, that. Uh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. what. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, notable works include Batman, Vision, Mister Miracle, Sheriff of Babylon, along with a ton of other things. Stripper Sh- of Babylon. Um, Sheriff of Babylon. Sheriff. Oh. <laughs> he does. He does have an Eisner Award. I've for, heard good things about Sheriff that of Babylon. That would have been awesome. Well. Somebody write a story. Uh, he does have an Eisner <laughs> Award for Mister Miracle. And, uh, Rightfully so. That yeah, was good. Yeah, for for writer really of the year, yeah. and Mitch Garrett's yeah. also won art of the year. So that was kind of cool that they both got 
the Eisner that year for Mr. I, I will say Sheriff of Babylon is probably when I first became aware of Tom and King. Mitch Garrett's drew that book because as well. those issues, those early issues, were hot, like hot at one point. And I'm oh, like, okay. what's the vertigo? big deal? I want to say yeah, <clears throat> but it was one of those things where I'm like, I think it was like the end of Vertigo, oh, like okay. near near the end, and I was like, what's the big deal of this book? What's going on? Like, oh no, the, the the writer's hot, and this is going on, and like people are looking for those first few issues. And- I remember when they had the big. Uh- presentation for DC Rebirth, I'd, and they announced him on Batman. I didn't know who he was. So it was like, that's the guy you're giving the flagship book to. I, you know, Could be worse. Could give it to Grant Morrison. Well, they did. Oh, it was oh, phenomenal. Poo-poo uh, all over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, King primarily grew up in Southern California. His mother worked for the film industry, which inspired his love of storytelling. Whoa. The film industry in California? Oh. <laughs> North Hollywood-ish? Yeah. <laughs> Not talking about the porn industry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> in case nobody knew. <laughs> he interned at both DC and Marvel Comics during the late 90s. Uh, he studied both philosophy and history at Columbia University. Graduating in 2000, he identifies as half Jewish, half Midwestern. What is Midwestern? Midwestern? Being from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. That's in the north. What are you... <laughs> but that's Midwestern. Midwestern. No, that's that's, that's very north. That's near Canada. That's, <laughs> that's near I think that's what basically people consider Canada. to be the Midwest. Am I wrong? I just want to know what a, like I identify I as Midwestern. What does that mean? I don't understand. I'm assuming we're understand. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Considering he's from yeah, California, how is he Midwestern? Uh, King interned at Marvel Comics, where he was an assistant to X Men writer Chris Claremont before joining the CIA counterterrorism unit after 9/11. He's basically Jack Bauer. Wow. <laughs> Everybody down! Everybody on the fucking phone! <laughs> <laughs> Is that 24? Yeah. Uh, King spent okay. seven years as a counterterrorism <laughs> operations officer for the CIA before quitting to write his debut novel, A Once Crowded Sky, after the birth of his first child. A Once Crowded Sky, King's debut superhero novel with comics pages illustrated by Tom Fowler, was published on July 10th, 2012 by Touchstone, an imprint of Simon & Schuster to positive reception. Positive. Imagine the shit that guy saw like almost ten years in the counterterrorism. Oh, I'm sure. You know, people hacking heads off, putting them into bags. No wonder he wants to write all these books about mental health. <laughs> I need some help. Uh, King was chosen to co-write Grayson for DC Comics along with Tim Seeley and uh, Mikhail Yanin. I that that I've never heard that's I've never heard that name said out loud. That's just the way Yanin. It's J A N I N. I know he's foreign. Mm-hmm. I've heard Mikhail J- Yanin. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Yanin sounds good to me, so that's what I say. But I have no <laughs> idea if that's how you pronounce that person's name. He's a very good artist, though. He did a bunch of a uh, bunch of Batman with with Tom King later Batman. on. Batman. After penning Nightwing number thirty, King Seeley and Yanin launched Grayson in May 2014, featuring Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. leaving behind his Nightwing persona at age 22 be- to become Agent Jack 37, oh. <laughs> a spiral spy. <laughs> King and Steely plotted the series together and traded issues to script separately with King providing additional authenticity through his background with the CIA. Uh, Tom King's praised Tim Seeley multiple times in interviews and stuff, really kind of teaching him how to plot issues, how to write comics. Because, like, it, it is such a different art form. And I've mm. heard from many other uh, writers in interviews and stuff that, like, wrote novels previously or whatever, and then they, they try to get into comics. And some of them succeed, some of them don't. But, like... They've definitely talked about how 
different of a process it is because oh, yeah. you do have to co-collaborate with an artist you have to and just the uh the format is so different like, we talked about this like we joke about like kevin smith right writing daredevil and it's just so word heavy like mm. coming from someone that writes screenplays to coming to write comics they're just so it's just such a different art mm. and so i he i know tim seeley was was very big for for tom king and kind of showing him the craft i guess mm. A relaunch of classic DC Comics series, The Omega Men, was published in June 2015 by King and debut artist uh, Barnaby Bagenda. I've never heard of that in person mm. before. Mm. As part of the publisher's relaunch, DCU, uh, my, one of my favorite eras of DC, uh, the series follows a group of rebels fighting an oppressive galactic empire and feature White Lantern Kyle Rayner. Love him. Oh, I love that. Uh, the Omega Men... Created in 1981, or DC Comics equivalent to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, through or though significantly more obscure, which I don't, I think that's probably debatable. Guardians of the Galaxy were pretty obscure before, yeah. before the movie. Um, King and Bagenda's use of the nine-panel grid, popular, popularized by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, Watchmen has been praised by reviewers. Tom King gets off on a nine-panel grid. Whoa. he does. <laughs> so does Tyler. He, he, oh yeah, no, we we know. <laughs> we, we know, know. Tyler loves. He does, uh, yeah, Not, Mr. Miracle, Heroes in Crisis. I'm I'm assuming Rorschach. No, has to he be. he specifically went out of his way to not do that. <laughs> oh okay, because oh, hey. he he felt Watchmen was such a a game changer that he's like I don't want to copy it. I want to do something different as well to not That's actually you know. impressive to hmm. me. So he's like and, I know he loves and it. And he even so said much. in like in one of the things going, "You know how much I love my nine panel thing, but I didn't want to copy what he did. I wanted to keep the tradition alive and do something different." Oh, okay. So yeah, he he was, there, um, there's some times though he does there's a page that's a nine panel and you're like, "You just couldn't help yourself, could you?" <laughs> he, he he does. He he definitely does. Um with San Diego Comic Con 2015, Vertigo revealed a new creator-owned project written by King with art by Mitch Garrids, titled then The Sheriff of Baghdad. Oh. The project, a crime series in the vein of Vertigo titles like Preacher and Scalped, were set to launch in late 2015, was inspired by King's time in Iraq as part of the CIA, initially an eight-issue miniseries, later retitled Sheriff of Babylon, expanded into an ongoing series. The first issue launched in December 2015 to critical acclaim with reviewers praising its deeply personal storytelling and the intriguing and captivating personalities of its characters. That same year, DC announced Robin War, which was a crossover storyline set to uh, set for December that would run for five weeks through titles Grayson, Detective Comics, We Are Robin, and Robin, Son of Batman. What was Robin War? I don't know, but people loved it. That was Tom King? Uh, I, I, King was set to orchestrate the crossover storyline and pen two one-shot Okay. to open and close the series. Okay, okay. That, so at least he that. was involved in it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Robin War, yeah, it was a story towards the... I remember it was at the tail end of the New 52. I never read it. I, I never know, read it, but the people I know that read it loved yeah. that book. Yeah, especially, like, the people that I know that, like, Robin fans. Yeah, they love Robin War. As part of Marvel like Comics' all-new, all-different <laughs> relaunch... Uh, all new, all different relaunch. King was announced as the writer for The Vision, which was a story about The Vision. It's about Vision. Um, a new ongoing <laughs> following the titular character and his newly created family with artist Gabriel Hernandez Walta, uh, colorist Jody Belair, and covers by Mike Del Mundo, launching in November 2015. The Vision had been well received by the public, with reviewers calling the series one of Marvel's biggest surprises and praising the narration, art, and colors. That, that was another one when it came out. It was 
no one knew. And like they were doing like those director's cut issues to reprint them because right. it, it blew up. It was it was it? Mr. Miracle Vision. as well. Okay. That's where I think Tom King and we talked about this earlier, like when he has a, an end already from the beginning when it's like a twelve issue series, and especially when he takes so somewhat of a more obscure character. Mm. Like Vision's not a a small character for Marvel, but, but he's not, not a list. And like yeah. Mr. Miracle's similar. Like, and that's why I think people had a hard time with his Batman because it was like he was experimenting with a lot of things, and they were like, "I don't mind that when it's like with this lower uh, yeah. level character." But with Batman, they kind of wanted more of the stuff they were used to getting. Yeah, and so I think that's where he shines really good. And like he just did Strange Adventures. Uh, with Adam Strange, Adam Strange like, when, when he takes some of these, yeah, smaller characters that like they have their followings. Like there's Adam Strange fans. Oh, they're but, out there. But they're not the same people that are gonna buy Batman every month and expect a Batman traditional story yeah. every month. That's like when Bendis did Daredevil, and it was like, hey, where's Daredevil in your Daredevil <laughs> book? <laughs> hey, I like Bendis's Daredevil. Oh no, which oh, was great. Or but... when Mark Wade did Daredevil, and I'm like, why is Daredevil happy in your book? <laughs> <laughs> What are those white things? You literally have one rule. <laughs> Ruin this man's life. Make him cry. Um, in September 2015, DC canceled uh, Kings, The Omega Men, along with four other titles, uh, with the series ending in issue seven. After negative fan responses to the cancellation, Jim, Lee's, uh, Jim Lee, DC's co-publisher, announced that they would be bringing back The Omega Men through at least issue 12. Lee described the decision to cancel the series as a bit hasty, crediting the book's critical acclaim and fan social media reactions as the reason the title would go on for the planned 12 issue run. Who's Omega Men or Omega Man? It's Omega Man. It's a group. Omega Man. Who's Omega Man? Who is the Omega Man? I didn't understand what you're saying. Who who are they? We we went over this if you were listening. He's the arch rival of Mega Man. The Omega Man. Are they like the Eternals? No, Guardians of the Galaxy is what they were compared to. Oh. Yeah, like a ragtag team of obscure characters in space. That's fair. We should say that again. Ragtag team. 30 minutes in, she can ask, who who is the Omega Man? Yeah. Who's Batman? Yeah. Who who is this Batman Batman you speak of? (laughs) King penned a Green Lantern one-shot that ties into the Dark Side War, Justice League storyline titled, Will You Be My God? Which is like the most... Tom King title I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Which James Whitbrook of IO9 praised as one of the best Green Lantern stories. That's uh, for debate. IO9? King, that's what Wikipedia told me. King co-writer Tim Seeley announced they would leave Grayson after issue 18 with King clarifying on Twitter that they were working on something big and cool. Needed and that it needed time. King and Celia officially left the series in February with issue 17, with uh, Jackson, Lanzig, and Colin Kelly taking over for its last three issues in March of that year. DC Comics announced in February 2016 that King had signed an exclusive deal with the publisher, which would see him writing exclusively for DC and Vertigo. King revealed via his Twitter account that he would stay on The Vision as writer through issue 12, finishing the story arc that he had planned from the beginning. In March 2016, it was announced that King would be writing the main bi-weekly Batman series beginning with a new number one, replacing longtime writer Scott Snyder as part of DC's Rebirth relaunch that uh, that June. King had started with his run, would King stated that his run would be 100 issues total, 
With the entirety being released twice monthly, though, this was later curtailed to 85 issues and three annuals. I know, right? Tyler was very upset. With a 12-issue follow-up maxi-series, Batman Catwoman, to finish the story. And that's one I'm I'm looking forward to reading when that's collected, because it looks pretty sweet. They have, like, the Phantasm, they bring the Phantasm into it. I think uh, McKellion is the artist on that as well. Yeah, it looks Um, Does Batman still have this yellow outline? Your mom does. No, they got got rid of that pretty quickly. I like the yellow outline. Right at the start of DC Rebirth, yeah. I didn't mind it. I liked it. I I have no feelings one way or the other. (laughs) I thought it looked cool. I miss the, the big yellow circle. Mm-hmm. I miss your big yellow circle. What? I don't know. What um, to say. Is that the end? No. Oh. <laughs> no, not, not even close. We're in 2016. <laughs> this is the guy um, telling me there's not a lot of notes on this yeah. guy. Well, they're not compared to some of the other ones. That's we've done. true. Um, but it is pretty impressive that at the start of DC Rebirth, they were like, damn near every title was going to be bi-weekly and yeah tom king did do 85 straight issues uh, of batman for you know it wasn't 100 twice a month for you know it was like a little over two years two three years i don't know i i just feel like like and plus he was like he was doing heroes in crisis at that time and he was doing i, Mr. I think Miracle. if you bring the annuals into it and the batman catwoman he, that's a right. hundred issues. It, is, it definitely yeah. is. I think that equals out. But, but just the fact, like that, he had them. Because I don't remember Batman being late really ever either. There, there maybe... was a, there was a time when a lot of those DC issues were just like mm-hmm. all of a sudden like okay this one's late okay now Justice yeah. League's late oh now this one's late right like twice a month for that period of time you didn't get married yeah. pretty uh what? yeah let's talk about that Batman and Catwoman didn't get married. They were gonna get married. That, that was one of the first were... times I like publicly slammed Tom King on this podcast, <laughs> just because I, I don't know because they it was such a marketing ploy and it, it just rubbed me so wrong that they were like building up to this the wedding of Batman and Catwoman for months and months and months. Make sure you get and you know subscribe for the wedding issue. The wedding issue is coming. It's gonna be they issue gave 50. out. They gave us wedding announcements. Wedding announcements. They did a wedding album. Yeah, they did a all bunch of shit. comic book stores had planned midnight releases with wedding cakes and like wedding themed parties and everything for that issue to come out and have Catwoman leave him at the altar. Um, I get it. It's comic books. It's storytelling. But to me, that was, that, that was real. Fuck. I don't know. I'm not necessarily blaming just Listen, Tom King for that. We all felt like Batman in that moment. <sighs> that was real shitty on DC's part though to me. I, well, Marvel did the uh, same thing over at X-Men when I, it was, uh, <clears throat> was it supposed to be? It was X Men Blue, right? Wasn't it supposed to be? Was it Colossus and Kitty that yeah. were supposed to get yeah, yeah, married, yeah, yeah. and then they yes. did? But a like, little... they still gave you a wedding. They though. did, but they, yeah, but and they... even still, Colossus and Kitty aren't on the level of like Batman and Ke- yeah, like. To... Well, I mean, if you're reading X Men, I mean, they, they, I get, they yeah, but I mean, like, who's, who's the biggest? Ever. Who's the biggest superhero? Like, it's not even close. Like Mary's mom. <laughs> look, look, like look at the top ten. <laughs> yeah, almost every starting... month is basically Batman, right? It's not close. D- d- I tell um, you, it's not Superman. It's it's not Superman. Uh, hasn't it been for about thirty? Years? So then he didn't get him married. What's next on your list? Um, <laughs> sorry, I, mean, I just wanted you guys' opinion on just that because I, I I thought that was shitty. I get that it's a marketing thing, and I get that you're trying to sell the books, but to me, no, and that and that happened. And again. like they're not obligated to give you anything. Yeah. I get that, but to me, it was like they just leaned into it so hard just to pull that out. To me, yeah. was like ah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, again, going back to that X-Men thing, like they were doing all different covers and like it was, it was building up to the point where we, or that 
issue that the wedding was supposed to be and we ordered the shit out of that because it was building so big and it was the issue before where they revealed that that's not happening mm-hmm. and then when that final issue came out and we had ordered so many no one gave a shit no one wanted it it was done i'm like wow they just kind of fucked us yeah that's yeah. really a shitty yeah big time um thing. if they would have if they wouldn't have done something like that where it like made everybody think like oh we need so much or mm. whatever um i would think that it's pretty clever that they yeah that they yeah. they did like you can do some build up for it have the invitations or whatever have a wedding album be clever about it and then yeah it just makes your readers feel like batman in that moment like catwoman left us and then he walks up and he pulls the veil back and it's bane (laughs) 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 like to me it's different than like a tv show or something and you're watching and building up like this is the issue or the episode where so-and-so marries so-and-so and And then it doesn't happen like it's different you're just watching you're not like financially obligated to buy every episode of that show Yeah. yeah i don't know and like stores ordering vast amounts of this book that they're you've basically promised that this thing's gonna happen and yeah. it doesn't happen i don't know it's one of those like debates for the ages that's comics to some degree but like that that rubbed me the wrong way a little yeah. bit i was like yeah <laughs> again not placing that solely on tom king but i mean he's he's, he's a lot of that has to do with dc yeah i agree in august 2017 king and regular collaborator mitch launched the first issue of their Mr. Miracle series with a planned total run of 12 issues. In June 2018, DC Comics announced King would be writing Heroes in Crisis, a limited series centering <laughs> yeah. around a concept he introduced in Batman. Batman. In July 2018, really? he received the Eisner for Best Writer, shared with Marjorie Liu. Um, in May and June 2019, King, DC co-publisher Jim Lee and CW series actress Nefessa Williams Candace Patton and Daniel Panabaker toured five U.S. military bases in Kuwait really? with the United States organizations where they visited the approximately 12,000 U.S. military personnel stationed in that country as part of D.C.'s 80th anniversary of Batman celebration. Uh, September 2020, D.C. Comics announced that King would be among the creators of a revived Batman black and white anthology series to debut on December 8th, 2020. And that's where the end of my notes go, so which is surprising because like. Rorschach and uh, Strange Adventures or whatever the hell is not in there. Interesting. So there's obviously more things, but that's that's where Wikipedia steps. So that's where we step. Right? <laughs> oh really? Good job. I miss when Mary did notes. She would have delved deeper. Okay, hell she did yeah. the same shit I did. I know. I know she would. <laughs> she can't copy and paste better than I can. <laughs> I think I could. <laughs> <sighs> Mr. Miracle, we've talked about, we did two full podcasts on it, if you want to hear our, more of our thoughts on that, but uh, I'm a big fan. Tom King, Tom King's a major Kirby fan, and that book just oozes of, of Kirby love and kind of a tribute to the fourth world as a whole and these awesome characters that Jack Kirby created that he never really got credit for, or at least not the proper amount of credit for um, the world building and stuff that he did all those years, especially back at Marvel, where... You know, Stanley was kind of getting the the bulk of the credit for creating a bunch of those characters where there's a surmountable amount of of uh, evidence that uh, Kirby was at least contributing just as much as Stan, if not more so. So, um, yeah, props to props to Jack Kirby. He was the king for sure. Mary? Yeah. Tell us about the book you didn't read. I didn't read Mr. Miracle. But you but you did. But not, not for, for this. this. No. 
Um, I didn't read Heroes in Crisis. Well, I didn't finish Heroes in Crisis. It's not good. And I'm glad that I didn't finish Wh- it. What? Well, Tyler specifically told me did you that it? I should not oh, yeah. finish okay, it. Okay, well, tell us about Heroes in Crisis. I guess it's old It's old enough now. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Ruined my boy. He ruined I know it. there was a f- something about Flash that people yeah. were very pissed off. So oh, really? that, there's, there's almost two layers of this. There's one that's just just within the story itself there's major problems with. And then there's another layer of this that's, you know, where they, they say you shouldn't meta-read comic books, which is true, but it's really hard not to, especially when you delve into it to the point where we do. Mm. And so Doomsday Clock was still coming out at this point, but it had it had been delayed and was getting delayed. Wait. And there was all... Doomsday the, Clock was delayed? Right. Jeez. And there was all... So and delayed. then Jeff Johns had stepped down, right, as like the head oh, yeah. creative officer at DC. So Heroes in Crisis, for one, was not a very good written story, but two was was basically a fuck Jeff Johns kind of book like it made such a point to course correct and contradict so many things we're like we're not doing that anymore we're 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 even though doomsday clock's still going they basically what's the word like decanonized doomsday clock basically where they're well, like that's gonna, that's going to finish but that's not the direction we're going anymore that's basically that story exists kind of in a vacuum of its own thing mm. Because it's directly contradicted here, and this was backed by Tom King, and you know Dan DiDio was still there, and a bunch of other things. So it's like this clearly seems to be the basket they're Dan putting DiDio their eggs into now. Hates legacy characters. So you know what? Those legacy characters hate Dan DiDio. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can talk bad about Dan DiDio. He doesn't work there anymore. Um, <laughs> Dan DiDio does hate legacy characters. He's spoken about it openly. He doesn't like because he doesn't like the idea of characters aging because he says it feels. It, he doesn't like the idea that there's multiple Robins because in, he, in his mind, if he had it his way, Dick Grayson would be 12 years old forever hmm. because it makes Batman older and he doesn't like that. So he doesn't like that there's you know a f- multiple Flashes or Blue Beetles or any of those characters that the manager's kind of been passed down. But there's a lot of DC fans that, like that's what they love about DC yeah. is the kind of the legacy of some of these characters that have kind of been, you know, they love that there's multiple Flashes and Green Lanterns and that and stuff like that. Yeah. So Heroes in Crisis, the the thing about it is, is there's like this, there's this place out in Kansas that the Trinity being Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman created that's called Sanctuary. And it's this place where whenever superheroes are having any sort of like PTSD or like it's just too much, the stuff they deal with on a daily basis, it's a place for them to go. For therapy. Where like all of it's ran by like. Hopefully there's a spa too. It's like, it's like a full facility. Like they, they have these like oh yeah, diary there's a spot. Re- Happy yeah. ending. I mean, they don't mm-hmm. show a spot, but like they they imply like there's full treatment centers for everything. Yeah, okay. they have like these everything. diary rooms where they go and they make confessions about certain things. Oh, and diary, diary uh, room. That wrong. Diarrhea room. They have a diarrhea room <laughs> where they Diorama can just shit room. on Dandadio. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, when they're dealing with trauma, they can go there. So they had this thing. In Flash, and again, a bunch of the books were kind of leading up to this, in Flash where Wally West kind of snapped, and and Wally West coming back was kind of the big thing of DC Rebirth. That was Jeff Johns being like, we're bringing Wally West back, we're bringing legacy characters back. And so, then in Joshua Williamson's Flash, he kind of snapped, and and it was like, hey dude, you have some problems, I think, you know, there's a place you can go, they sent him to this place. So the first issue of Heroes of Crisis opens with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman going to the sanctuary place because there's like these alarms that have went off and there's like Speedy the Red Arrow is on the doorstep dead and there's like a bunch of other characters that are that are dead and then and then uh 
Jesus. Wally West is also dead in like the field. And they're like, what the hell? There was like a massacre here. Some, And then I'm trying to remember how they kind of weave their way through it. Basically what happened is Wally West had a major breakdown and like went on a killing spree. And then through time travel shenanigans killed himself. And so it's like this character that Jeff Johns is like, here's the hope of the DC universe. The the heart, the the, the soul, everything. The feel, And they're like, he's a mass murderer. Yeah. It's like, it, wait a minute, what? When, yeah, when Rebirth, we didn't talk about when he, brought, he was brought back for Rebirth. He wasn't in the New 52 at all. He had disappeared in Flashpoint, mm-hmm. was never seen again until Rebirth. Right, they'd replaced him with a different Wally West in yep. New 52. But so this was like this is the Wally West you grew up with kind of thing, and then Tom King with a just new like, cool what suit. if you snapped and mur-? and so then you, you get into this whole conversation of like, okay, you want to write this book about mental health, but you also have this guy snap and kill a bunch of people. I don't know what what's what's the message you're trying to send? Yeah, here? that people because, can snap it's, and it's kill like people. The message kind of comes across as like, don't trust the help or whatever. Because no. like he went to this facility and then killed a bunch of people, so it's like. I don't know. It, 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 it's like, wouldn't it be a better story for him to go and get treatment and talk about how much it's good to talk about things that are going on in your life? Therapy helps. That you know, like, wouldn't that have been a better thing of you? Like, I really want to talk about trauma and PTSD. Cool, get it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is you're trying to do with this book. Um, yeah. So it, it just for Wally West fans. I mean, that was basically like mm. the last straw. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, it, and it's just bad. Like it's not even just what. What did they do? They retcon that with Wally. I mean, what's Wally doing at this point? Is he still he, dead? He, I mean, I are all these people up... dead that they killed off? So did it's weird because at the end, at the end, shit? there's two Wallys. Because there's one that like comes back to kill the one that they find dead. So there's still a one that's alive. They take him to jail. He goes to prison at oh. the end of Heroes in Christ. Like they send his ass to jail. Hmm. And then like I, I didn't keep up with with DC, DC. quite as much after that so it was like I don't know what they've done I know he like became Dr. Manhattan for a little while or whatever I, yeah, the fuck I remember they were hearing who, about that who was writing The Flash Joshua Williamson did he meant did he mention anything in his thing about uh, I mean they did some of the lead up to where they talked about sending Wally to Sanctuary but then after um his I think character there, there, there was, was there was definitely some there was definitely some okay I, get, I got the feeling that Joshua Williamson was not super in love it, it very much reads as like a I got told to do this so I'm gonna do this mm-hmm. you know um yeah I don't know it, it's, we really it's a, like, I remember reading some stuff from him and I yeah, liked Williamson's it Williamson's Slash Run is really good um but yeah it's just it's a jumbled mess that book is a a jumbled mess for sure and it's got amazing art I think does Jason Fabok draw here's mm. some mm-hmm. so it's, it, it was a big name on it Oh, it's really good. The book's gorgeous to look at, and there's parts of it that are like there's a part where like Superman goes on this like live TV broadcast and gives this speech about like why it's okay for superheroes to openly talk about trauma because we're people too and everyone like go like it's okay for us to show weakness kind of thing. Like there's there's parts of it where like that's that's a good idea, but it's just all together the whole thing like it just it doesn't work. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, if you're out there and you enjoyed it, I'd love to hear you know uh, uh explain yourself a contradicting opinion yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it, it doesn't work for me at all and and basically no one i've talked to liked it um liked it so i don't want to speak for everybody but so if you liked it out there please feel free to share your your opinions <sighs> as to why 
Erin, want to talk about uh, your book report? No, my book report? Because I did my book report. You read Batman? Well, I chose the one with the least words, so I wasn't like... I, can't I gave really her Vision, pack. and I gave her this Batman with like three issues of something. Which, yeah. which Batman is this? Is this Well, like... it's a compilation. Okay. And so, yes, I flipped through Vision, it's, and I saw uh, lots of words. retelling and then... the cold days uh, yes. story. So if it makes you feel any better, Mary, I chose this because it didn't have a lot of words. Good, good. And uh, believe me, that, that Vision had... A shitload of words, and oh, I yeah. and I was like, oh, Mr. Well, Miracle is pretty not reading pretty that. Dense but it, uh, it combines a uh, Batman Annual number two, Batman 51, 52, 53, then 67, and then a Batman Elmer Fudd special number Fuck. one. Oh, yeah. the, the Batman Elmer Fudd special that was is a lot so of good. Fun. That is so good. So if you're talking about Catwoman and Batman getting married, in theory, they already have based on this Batman Annual number two. The artwork's phenomenal. It's oh, very that one I remember. Annual number two is like set in the future. If yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in Didn't this Tom Taylor one, write that? Did that Tom King write that? Yeah. So basically, it was, it's a tip for tat. I think tat. it was Tom King. Yeah, Tom King's here uh-huh. with his annual, and Catwoman is actually just messing with Batman, kind of like testing him. She steals his car. And inside the car, she leaves a little mouse because it's cat and mouse game. And so then she's kinky and wants to be caught. And I believe this came out before. And they're gonna issue shove 50. it up someone's butt. <laughs> well, so then, yeah. I, I believe when this came out, you're still expecting them to get to married. Be, this be is married. this yeah. is before issue fifty. Yeah. So then she just keeps toying with him. She breaks into his house and he knows she's there. You know, what and she chases bitch. after him and she goes, "But I'm jumping out the window." So Wait, yeah. Wait, they're married, isn't it? Her house. And too? again, she drops a mouse. <laughs> yep. So this is a second mouse. And so he's going through again looking for ways to strengthen his security she breaks in a third time and she finds the pearl from his mother's necklace and she's talking about the security on this could be martha lots of marthas how do you know that name and so (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so they're about to kiss lottie lottie she causes a smoke bomb to go off and runs, and she leaves him yet a third mouse. She says, catch so, me if you can. I'm the gingerbread man. She then comes back again, <laughs> and he keeps asking her, well, why are you coming back? And she's like, you're weak. Because if you are chasing after me, basically she knows she's his weak spot, and she wants him to be stronger, or he, you know, she wants to test him. Told you she's kinky. And again, they're fighting again. And she keeps telling him, look, you're, I got to make you stronger. You can't die. We're not that different, blah, blah, blah. And yet again, leaves him the fourth mouse. And I do love Alfred who goes, if she's going to keep leaving us mouses. Are, they, are the mice dead? No, they're okay. alive. Okay. If Is she's going to uh, leave us mouse, she might as well leave us money to help feed these mice. It's the least she could do. It was cute. Or a cat to, you know. So clean then up the at the very end of this, it's actually very sweet. She breaks in and he's there. So he's actually ran the feces of the mouse. Uh, the feces? What? Yeah, the mouse poop. Oh, okay. And he's figured Ew. out where she is. She's I thought all, she misspoke. I'm sorry. But it was... Um, <laughs> she's spilling wine. Because they kiss. Because they're going to Pound Town. They're going to Pound Town. Excuse you, this is Batman and Catwoman. They're not buying cheap wine. Well... People, they're not really poor. I mean, they didn't. You chugged that wine. (laughs) I I know, like, this is a fan. So basically, he repeats the lines back to her. It's it's actually, it's not 
hokey, I guess. It could have come across as that way. And so then they call each other Bat and Cat. Uh, but <gasps> so it goes cute. into the future and they're married. Uh, they're older. They're in a doctor's office. You're and assuming he's dying? he has cancer they at this point. They both have the AIDS. Who? Who Bat has Matt. cancer? Batman has yeah. cancer. It's rectal cancer from all the mice and the pearls. <gasps> oh. So again, going through here, she's kind of broken up. Again, it wasn't heavy. <laughs> rectal cancer from that sticky head up his asshole. And it was kind of nice. Uh, <laughs> Batwoman is the daughter. Talk, I guess, if you're talking about not wanting people to go older, this whole book is about growing older, right? Right. And she's like, Mom, I got to go. And she's like, I've been married to your father for this many years. I know you have to go. And then... They get into bed. They're saying goodnight, and he's trying. He's dying. And, he's uh, trying. <laughs> he's dying. He's dying. And then he dies. And I thought what was really sweet is at the end of the so book. Did she bang him to death? <laughs> See, they're well, kissing. Good God! And then <laughs> well, bang. So. Bride me, bang to bang. So at the, why I like this one? It was very sweet. At the end, she gets in the car, and he has left her a cat, and mm-hmm. said. Um, you have something to love to. No, go back to the, he, the feces that you, oh. you Here's mentioned. Here's a pussy for all the, the great pussy you gave you, me over the years. So totally to find her, her but. He, he ran the test. And he, she's like, I traced it back to the paint used in this apartment. And she goes, mouse poo? And he's all, yes, mouse poo. She's all, it took you four mice? And only really, you. he he knew all along where she was at. She He let her play the game. And she's all... He enjoys it too, to some degree, right? right? And that's yeah. why he stopped. And that's he, the whole thing with him and Catwoman. Like, what? what's his, uh, you know, like, there, there's been other love interests for Batman that are definitely much healthier, but, like, he loves the chase with her, right? Yes. That's... So the next three issues are about him being on a jury. Uh, Mr. Oh, Freeze, yeah. That was some of the best. Uh, it yeah, was it was really like a three-issue thing that yeah. Tom King did. Yeah, that was actually really good. Well, that was and it really was, good. if you're oh, talking like about Bruce Wayne was on the jury. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne. Oh, Bruce Wayne cool. gets called for jury duty in a Mr. Freeze on case. On the case, oh. right? And so, um, it's, if you really yeah. want to talk about, that, you know, yeah, he put him there. It, it's and it's only like three issues too. It's really good. And it's basically, if you're talking about you know PTSD or things, I mean, there's moments where you're like, Bruce Wayne really cares about Mr. Freeze. Like, I mean, he's in the court, like in the jury room, going, "We gotta do this." I, I was like, "Does anybody?" Well, try not this? to scream that I'm Batman from right, the top of basically. The but it goes through and it shows him questioning his stuff. So it's like <laughs> turn him the testimony. He's like, "Liar!" I mean, uh, "Liar!" Yeah. <laughs> so it basically, without a doubt, right? You have to have proof without any doubt and so he conjectures you know and talks about the doubt of what he did so during this whole thing you don't really know maybe he did go too far and lie or maybe he doesn't believe it but the whole point is is once you have doubt you can't convict him and so he was actually not but these are the issues where people were like "Ooh, maybe tom king should write daredevil at some point because it's like he really yes. wrote good courtroom stuff it was like oh shit. he did yeah. and it was like you know trying to and again he just talked about doubt and what you see and what you don't it was it was a good one like did he take it too far and you can't by the end of it i can't tell if he was trying to talk himself like try to prove that he did fuck it up because he saw something that was he there. did fuck a duck what? He, he Fuck fucked it, it up. up. Oh, okay. Because wow. by the end, you can see where he may have seen something future. that wasn't there. Mm. 
And then this one was really fun because all it was was him chasing after a bad guy. And every once in a while you hear beep, beep. And I kept watching it and he just chases this guy. And I'm telling you, the whole book, <laughs> I'm like, poor guy, falling off. Never send, every once in a while there's that beep, beep. He just keeps chasing uh, him. Beautiful Fudd. artwork. Oh, is this the Elmer Fudd? Uh-uh. But oh. this one, it's he uncovers him, and it's the Joker, and every once in a while, he's all, why are you doing it? And he's all, beep, beep. It was like the internal joke. But then mm-hmm. Elmer Fudd. This is good. It's, like, legitimately funny, too, yeah. a couple times. Oh. And so it's Elmer Fudd. <laughs> yeah. Pray for me. Play for me. Play for me. It's play for me. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so he goes, into, good laugh at it. he goes into He parties. has a speech impediment. Yeah, and it's throughout the whole thing. He basically canonicizes the Looney Tunes in the DC yeah. Universe. He, um, so he comes in to get um, the rabbit. At a bar named Porky's. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so here they have him talking to... He's the pig man. Basically Bugs Bunny, because they call him Bugs. Yep. And as he's going through... They're all there. He's all, do you have, like, your your shotgun? He's like, I always carry my shotgun. And so they're talking, like, because he's going to come to kill bugs. And in the background, they have all of them, like, there's the... And the frog. Nice. They have like, and you all can tell too just people. by kind of looking at the faces who they're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, like you know, all of them are different ones. And it talks about Elmer Fudd's character, who is Elmer Fudd, I guess. He, who is Elmer Fudd? Is that sh- what you just said? <laughs> well, I mean, I, who for is the ages. Elmer Fudd? <laughs> so who is the he Fudd? Lets, <laughs> he lets Bugs Bunny go, and as you can see, where? Well, it's Bugs. He lets him go because they have a conversation. Is this and this one is his his girl. Her name is Tower. It's, Poor. Well, <laughs> it's it's Saint Clair. Like, um, anyways, he's fallen in love with this woman, and she Elmer loves Fudd? him. Elmer Fudd has fallen in love with this woman, uh-huh. and he Damn, goes she's in, hot. and she's and he tells her, I. He's bas- she basically finds out he's been doing jobs for hire. He's a killer, right? He's like an assassin. Yeah. Omar Fudd is a killer? Yeah. yeah. He's, got he's an like- assassin? Is he good? He kills it's, rabbits. It's, the, the, Tom King basically takes the Looney Tunes and plays it straight. Yeah. Very straight. Like, well, this this like, was, they did all those Yeah, crossovers. but this was the best one by far. And like he just plays it completely straight. Yeah. What and if so, Elmer Fudd was a real dude? This is how he would be. Yeah. Without the cartoony kind of shit. Yeah, so he lets Bugs go. He goes yeah, he to his, his girl. And so... As they go through, he he's driving around the rich people, and so what he finds out is that she loved Bruce Wayne, and she he goes, "I love you, and tell me you're the one for me." So I can't, because I've loved Bruce Wayne. So he decides he's going to kill Bruce Wayne. Wayne, it's his last job. Bruce and Wayne. Is Bruce Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> That's Lois Lane's brother. So when he gets home, though, he finds blood, the carrot. And his girl Bruce Wayne gone. is killed. I'm hunting and rabbits then, now. Yeah. So then he's got his gun, and it comes in, and they fight. And it's really kind of interesting because at one point in time, he explains about he deserved it. Bruce Wayne. He deserved it. Shut up. I'm trying. There's so many W's here. Yeah. Boing. Yes. I love it. Yeah. And so he explains, and what stops Batman is that he explains that he was in love with. Silver St. Cloud. Cloud. And so 
Bruce, I guess, liked Silver St. Cloud as well. Now Bugs is such a stinker, ain't he? And so he says Bugs killed her, and they go to Porky's. Yeah, they go to uh, Porky's together. And then they come in and they fight all the guys, and it's them fighting together. It's really fun. They, like, kick And then they have a three-way. But then they found out that she's been alive Not that kind of porkies. (laughs) And she hired Bugs Bunny slash Bugs to fake her death because she's sick of men who are violent. She's oh. I knew Bruce Wayne. She's on to violent women now. <laughs> she, I was going to say, now she's a <laughs> lesbian. And she likes them violent. And, uh, so, and she walks out the door, and they all look so sad, like all of them. So all three of them go back to the bar, and they all have carrot juice. And they um, sit down. Carrot juice? Carrot juice. I would like some, but it was all You would like some butts? I would like some carrot juice. It was all really enjoyable uh, and not a lot of words was I because I couldn't I do like it that. yeah I couldn't do not this weekend Fuck but um I remember when this issue came when that issue came out uh Edgar of all people gave it to me and was like you should read this and that sounds I, like Edgar I, yeah. yeah I just remember being like kind of blown away by it because it was just like Batman number five it just sounded so dumb I, yeah. I, I remember <laughs> actively walking past it on the shelf being like I'm not spending money uh-uh, on that. Yeah. There's no, not a chance. It was enjoyable. And yeah, it's like, God, he just, he just played it straight and it, it works in a weird, Very, oh in a God. weird way. You okay? Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. Tyler's turn for a book report. My, my book report is going to be really Rorschach. quick because Rorschach. Yeah. Rorschach. Rorschach. How would you say that in a my fun? So the premise of this book is it's 30 30 Jesus Christ. Elmer <laughs> <laughs> Fudd has screwed us. <laughs> he sounded like the, I know. He sounded like the giant oh. from like Mickey and the Beanstalk. Fee fa fee fee. I don't know no fee fee. Fee 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 with pistache with pistache with yogurt. Um, so the premise of this book is it's 35 years after the death of Rorschach. Okay. And only In one year after the death of Dr. Manhattan. Um, the death of Dr. Manhattan? Yeah, because he oh, Manhattan Manhattan dies the in the TV yeah. show. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, this thing actively acknowledges the TV show? In one panel, they mention Oklahoma. Oh. The stuff that happened in Oklahoma oh, the year before. Okay, okay. So, yeah. so, yeah, okay. Um, so an unnamed homicide detective... Uh, investigates a crime committed by a comic book creator, Will Meyerson, that has assumed the mantle of Rorschach. And basically, they are... Uh, if you're familiar with the... So no mention of of, of uh, Reggie at all? Uh, from Doomsday Clock? No, not at all. As no. far as taking up the mantle of no, it's yeah, strictly... That's, that, that's a bummer. It's strictly Watchmen. Okay. Um, That's a bummer. I would like to see him pop up somewhere. They are trying to... It's basically the beginning of the series starts out there. They're trying to assassinate the guy running against Redford for like his fourth okay. term or whatever, however long it's been. For right. it's, 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 uh, um, so it's it's them. Like at the beginning, you, you just see Rorschach and this, this... They just call her the kid, but she looks like a cowgirl with a little mask. And they, they, get, they get gunned down trying to assassinate this, this <laughs> candidate. And the 12 issues is basically the, um, it's the detective that they've hired to look into this. And it's, Which ones? Who hire him? The Redford campaign or no, the other the, guy? No, the other campaign. 
Um, but the uh, it it's really it's really awesome because it really gets into like the conspiracy nuts and the, mm. the crazy like the. I don't, I don't know what you should call them. Like the militia people that live out in Idaho and, you know, the, the, the crazy, like the the crazy people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so they they all have the... Uh, because the squid attack has happened. They think the the squids... Their, their big conspiracy theory is the squids will get into your head and take over your brain. And once the squids are in you, you know, you've, you've got... To, you know, these people have to be taken care of. So it's like the, the crazy nut, nut jobs, basically. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of that going on. Um, and then there's the big conspiracy theory that, um, Dr. Manhattan took all the heroes and basically killed them all, but they're, they're being reincarnated into other people. So mm, the cowgirl, okay. they, they kind of give you an inkling that the she kid. believes the kid thinks like maybe, maybe it's Silk Spectre. And then this, the comic book creator, they believe like he's Rorschach is, you know, he is. But but throughout the book, there's other people that also kind of take on Rorschach. Like multiple people take on the mantle of Rorschach throughout this book, and it, because they believe the conspiracy, you know, gets to them and they believe that they are Rorschach. Mm, okay. Um, and I'll I'll leave it at that because it takes some twists and turns and. But it's it's very very good. All very, right. very well That's done. If if you like the vision and you like the miracle, the vision, man. The vision. is about Mr. Miracle. Yeah, uh, miracle man's a new game and book. <laughs> um, definitely check out this book and an Ozzy Osbourne song. So is a is the so is the purpose to tell like because you know Watchmen was so encompassing, right? Like you had everything involved from like politics to um, this is definitely more political the, is it? the whole way through. Because was it trying to? <laughs> Wait, no. Was Wait, it trying to what? tell like a story of one person throughout the whole thing? Or are you always at one? I just miss when comics weren't so political. Like when no. I was growing up, we had like Watchmen and The Dark Knight. The comics Those weren't so political when I was growing up. Um, no, they actually came to him to do a Rorschach series before. Uh, Lindelof did the TV series, oh. and he he was like, "No, I'm not touching anything in the Watchmen universe," because he didn't think it could be done. You could do it, and then he saw the TV show, and he's like, "God damn oh, it, fucking wait, I can uh. do this. I want to. I want to take a crack at this." Got inspiration, yeah. But it's um, not. And the, the I can't remember the was... artist that he he did this with. <laughs> Um, but it was the guy he worked on with Sheriff of Babylon, I believe. That's Mitch Garretts. I don't think because Mitch Garretts was doing Strange Adventures. Okay, so. I, well, I can't remember who the artist was, but he called him up and said, "Hey, I want you to do this book with me." Right. And the guy's like, "Oh, I'm actually going to go do this book at Marvel." And he was like, "No, fuck Marvel. Don't go work for Marvel. Come do this book with me." Oh, sure. And got him to like drop out of the huh. what he was doing at Marvel. I would to agree to a point on the Watchmen thing that before the Watchmen show, I wouldn't have thought. Well, even that like, anybody else could do. Even like before Watchmen, that was one of those things where I'm like, "You guys are doing this." Yeah. And I was really hesitant. And then there was that day they released, like, "Here are the books we're doing, and here are the creators." And I was like, "Oh, you guys, you guys Candy knew what play. you were doing." Because there was play, not yeah. a name I read that I'm like, "I don't know who this is." Right. It was, they were all like, heavy I, hitters. I feel like yeah. with those kinds of things that have like 
a legacy of sorts. It's mm-hmm. like you just really need to have people involved that just have a love for right. the story. Right. If you get somebody involved that is just like, oh, you know, I liked it, whatever. Like that's the difference between like um we watched um Nostalgia Critic and they YouTuber. did um YouTuber. Um he did something it was about the ser- a series of unfortunate events. Uh, he was talking about the movie versus the TV show. Okay. And so they had one guy and he was on for the movie partially, but he was mostly on for the TV show, did the TV show. And he had to he came off of the movie for at some point I don't remember if he said in the in in the thing that we watched, but like he had a love for the books. Oh, they were developed by the same guy. Developed by the same guy, but he he dropped off on the movie at some point. At some point, but like he still got an executive producer credit because so much of what because he he worked a lot on it. Like they used a bunch of Mm -hmm. stuff, but like the movie was starting to go in a direction that he didn't care for. Yeah. So then when Netflix did a TV show, he got basically to make the version of it that he wanted to make. Yeah. So I feel like if you have somebody who just has a love for whatever the story is, you can't really go too wrong. Well, I that think TV it's... show is nothing short of phenomenal. The HBO. Oh no, it is. I mean, like I, I, I would have been oh, one of those. You're talking yeah, Watchmen. Okay. I would have been one of those that would have been like, you know, with, with Watchmen, you really got to be, you know, I don't know if I would, you know, play in that, whatever, but like, but that, that TV show was, I mean, well, like, even it, when I remember watching the early trailers, I'm like, what are they yeah, I don't, trying to do? It was so different. I didn't even watch it for months I know, until we you guys yeah. were like, this is really good. Yeah. You gotta see it. Um, it wasn't it's when we were doing like, top lists and stuff, and I'm like, Watchmen's the top of my fucking right. TV comic show. Well, and the color list. palette. It's, it's that good. You, really you have to remember, it's like his color palette was so different than I think when a movie came out. So when the Watchmen movie came out, it was such a different color palette. I know they were going for the same thing, but it, the way they filmed it, it's Snyder, right? So right. it's very crisp and everything very was... gray, too. Well, it's yeah. gray, but it's like everything was crisp. I don't know how to explain it. Like, the blue was blue and this kind of stuff. So when they did the television show, what I really enjoyed is the same crispness, same right. crispness where it was like everything about... It was very just... They did so well with the color, the cinematography of it all, which I think there was a purpose. Yeah, Yeah. well, it it matched. It blended in. It blended in style, which was really cool. Because I, it didn't like. I don't think it wanted to be anything. It would be hard to have a book, a movie, and now you have a television series. I had a lot to go up against. Oh yeah. Right. Well, and Lindelof had the same thing because they came to him. Like, right after the movie, going, hey, we want you to do a TV series. He's like, no fucking way. I'm not doing this. And it right. took him years to finally go, wait, I think I can do something here. And it's one of those things that, like, had they done it at any other time, I don't know. Because it, it was, like, that cast was so well. Everything was picked out very and that, well. And, like, it just seemed, like, so... A lot of the, like, especially political themes that they were talking about seem so relevant. Jesus. I mean, they're probably relevant at any time, but it definitely felt like it was right up, like, what we were going through at that time. Well, and this, and Rorschach feels very much like what we're going through right now with the people, like, mm-hmm. it's a conspiracy, and this is what's going on, and you got the nuts out there, and it's all about, in the book, they make it like the squids are coming, and, and Redford the wants squids? it to happen. Yeah. The they, squid games? No. No. <laughs> 
So you recommend Rorschach? <laughs> oh yeah, no, okay. this is one like when it if they do a hardcover of this, I, I will be picking that up. Right, but. absolutely. Um, what I read was just a little short story because I didn't have a whole lot of time because I had to do the notes. Oh and everything. my god! But, um, really? It yeah. was Wikipedia did those notes for you. Uh, Tell yeah. us about Heroes in Crisis. But, uh, Come on. Okay, yeah, there you go. So see, I already gave you a freebie. Um, this this story is from the uh, Action Comics 1000 issue, which was the big, like, 80-page giant oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. issue for the 80th anniversary of Superman. And, you know, you had Bendis did a story, Snyder did the story, oh, Jeff Johns. They, you know, they kind of brought out the, uh, the A-list of guys, right? So Tom King did a story called Of Tomorrow. And it's basically based on this idea that, like, scientists have said, eventually, like, years and years and years from now, because, like, every time the Earth orbits around the sun, we're, like, drifting farther away. Yeah. And it's, like, eventually the Earth will get to a point where it will be uninhabitable because it will drift so far away from the sun we won't be able to support life on it anymore. That's kind of the idea that Tom King's playing with here. And so this is, like, way, way in the future. Um, And basically Earth has moved to like technology has advanced to the point they've moved to another planet they've civilized somewhere else and this is like earth's last day like it's it's drifting out it's about to like crumble and fall apart like it's it's been deserted for years no one's lived on it for a long long time and superman comes back to the earth basically to say goodbye to it and um, he has kind of like this inner monologue thing where he talks about uh, he's created this like uh What's the word I'm looking for? Immortal potion thing for Lois to drink so she's still alive. He's like, she, he's like talking, he's like, he, he's basically talking to his parents, but he's talking to the earth. Yeah. Because they died and they were buried here. And he's like, you know, yeah, Lois is doing good. You know, she complains about the taste of this drink, but hey, it's keeping her alive. We're doing good. We're, you know, technology's advancing. You know, uh, humanity's learned to evolve past war and everything else. And always being grateful for. This is the land that, that raised me. Clay Man does the... Oh, Clay Man, he's the one that does the art for Heroes in Crisis. That's who it is. Oh, okay. He's really, really good. Um, Clay Man draws one of the sexiest Superman I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> and nice. He almost has the uh, chesticles going with uh, up there with Liefeld in that picture. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't need to be... Uh, we don't need to... We don't need to <laughs> um, How many are on that? But so he grabs a handful of like the dirt... And stuff from the earth and crushes it into a diamond that's shaped like Ma and Pa Kent Aww. and him and um, shoves it up his ass at, uh, <laughs> no. and puts like a, a memorial thing for Martha and John Kent's grave. It's not going to last long. Well, no, but it's just it's, it's more of a ceremonial thing that like this just is the, let me have my fun. This is the this is the planet that raised me kind of thing. And this whole story is five pages long. Okay, it's it's real short, but it, it's just kind of I, I I love that he was able to do something within a couple pages that was like felt yeah felt somewhat sincere and was like oh that's kind of a cool idea like Superman coming back to say goodbye to the Earth. I, ne- I never read the the Superman one. I bought it, but I never read it. The uh, but it the that was my favorite story. The detective one they did, like that Kevin Smith one he did, mm-hmm. where he goes and he gets the gun that killed his parents and right. puts it down. And that uses was so that good. Yeah, 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 as the armor and that his was thing. Sweet. Like they, they, there's some... there, there's quite a few good stories in Action Comics from Thousand. There's another one Jeff Johns writes that takes place in, right after Action Comics number one in the 30s. And it's about it's called the car, and it's about oh, that's uh, a good movie. Yeah, it's it, it's called the car, and it's about basically that issue of Action Comics number one where he's holding the car oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. above his head, and the guy it's who is the guy that owned that car that oh, okay. smashed nice. right, and he was like 
if you read Asher Comics number one, he was like they were trying to kidnap Lois Lane, and he comes and rescue her, and blah blah blah. But it's like he comes to confront the guy that stole the car and whatever, and he's like, look, like you have a, cha- a like a choice here to make, where like you can this could be the turning point for your life, where like your car got smashed up, and like this could be the day basically that you decide to be better or you could go off on this other road and keep doing the things that you're doing and you know it's it's jeff johnson and dick donner co-wrote it as well which, oh, is, which is pretty nice. sweet but yeah um that tom king story it's fun clay man's art's pretty cool it, it felt very cinematic to me just in the like the idea of like imagining superman on this dying earth as it's like basically it? as it's exploding Made the earth. Made it off the planet. Okay. Oh, he probably he, he could have stood there and it could have oh, imploded. Just, he would have just still been standing. Oh yeah. Right? I'm just Do you standing. remember? Not to go off on a tangent, yeah, but there was yeah. a. I want to say it was an annual of some kind, but it was like Superman Beyond, mm-hmm. and um, like Lex Luthor had come up with Superman some medicine that had small amounts of kryptonite mm-hmm. in it and he basically poisoned all of Metropolis to the point where Superman couldn't be in Metropolis because everyone had right. the kryptonite radiation mm-hmm. and it was basically him kind of flying over the city. He had to be a certain distance and it was him just kind of patrolling things from a distance because right. he couldn't be in the city anymore because Lex had fucked I remember that. I think that I had that good, issue That somewhere. was a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just a one-off, right? Yeah. I think I had that issue somewhere. So um, we're going to pull the name for the next month's Creator Focus after we do weekly picks, so stick around. Mary, Yeah. what are you recommending for the people this week? The people! The people! The people. <laughs> what about that? What about I honestly that? haven't been watching too much, um, so my pick is going to be, and I'll spell it out for Kylie later, uh, it's called Mary, Mary Cochon. Okay, it's an anime. No. Uh, it's on Wait. it's on Every Funimation. Week Mary's like my pick is Marisho Hamaruchi. Like, <laughs> and I'll spell it for you later. Yeah. Um basically the story is it's about this girl and she starts seeing dead people or ghosts. I saw that movie. Yeah. Um and she it just pretends like she doesn't see them. As you, it's, do. as you do because like they're really creepy and they just start asking like do you see me do you see me do and she doesn't see? know what's gonna <laughs> do happen she doesn't know what's gonna happen <laughs> if she's like yeah i see you because they're like uh they can it like can... they could probably kill her they maybe come if she acknowledges it so it's just it's it's really funny the situations that she gets in because it's like you would just be freaking out hardcore if you saw these dead people like she's taking a bath or whatever and there's like a dead guy in the corner and he's like his his head turns all the way around he's like do you see me and she's just like do you see i just like in her head she's just like i don't i what is going on i i need to get out of here how do i get out of here but on the outside she's just very like straight faced it's very funny. That shit would freak me out. It's very your, funny. Get over the fact oh, about it's it's got some it's got some fan service in it. Like how anime is, they have like panty shots or whatever. What's, like what's this on? Like Hulu it's on or Net- Funimation. Funimation. Mm-hmm. I don't Net- think it has a dub. What do they call it? Has a dub fan yet. service. Fan service. That's what you'd call when there's a lot of horniness going on. Tentacles. <laughs> Tentacles. <laughs> Just yeah. like any chance they get to show like panties underneath a the skirt, they're gonna panties, make sure they do. Panties, talking about buying underwear, That's 
cleavage. Yeah, I need my lacy cotton underpants. Yes, yes. There's I a lot of that. If you can get over that, people falling it's face very, first into boobs it's pretty with bloody darn noses good. going, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> darn good if you can get over it's those things. It's pretty darn good. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to say something, but it would have been a little racist. So. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't think it was gonna go that way, but okay. Harry, what's your pick? Is um, your actually, I was gonna go pick? with the Great North. Okay. It's an animation. Is that what Mary was talking about earlier? Canada, Minnesota. Canada. <laughs> um, it's called the Great North. It has oh um, oh crap! I was gonna hit this button, and it has Nick. Nick Offerman's Cannon? in it. Oh, I love um, him. Will Forte. Will Forte. Thank you. Will Forte. Jenny Slate. Um, Who's Will Forte? That name sounds real familiar. Who's that? Let me see here. Okay, him. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, um, it's McGruber, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. McGruber, which is coming soon to uh, <laughs> uh Dulce Sloan's in it. Um, it's um, I, you missed the, the thing that's going to Mal- have him watch it is Alanis Morissette. Yep. As oh, well, Alanis Morissette. As Alanis oh, Morissette. Not as God. What is this show? She's <laughs> up in the... I mean, it's, she's the Northern Lights, basically. That It's like the imaginary it's, friend. It's, okay. I, this is a new show? It's, this is it's on been season a while. Two. It's just been... The people been, that um, do Bob's Burgers. But Where's it's this a, at? A, Fox. It's Fox. on Fox. But Hulu. You can watch it on yeah. Hulu. Yeah. It's about oh, the Great a, North. Okay. The Great White family. North? It's good. It's good. It's, or the Great North. It's the Great, great North. White North. The but Great it's just, White North. What's, wow, what's interesting about this one is like the family dynamics uh-huh. is... That's what she said. They, it's a big family, but they all... They get along just fine. And There's no different. drama. Yeah. Which is very different for a show like this. And you wouldn't think you would like it, but everything about the show is just very not collegial in a way it's just it's just really fun because you wouldn't think there would be something to watch right when everybody's just kind of like friends and but the brother the older brother is married uh marrying he is now married i forgot to the girl that's the whole first season basically yeah and the sisters though but there's this one episode it's (laughs) called middle brother is is gay and there are he's always saying like but i'm gay and they're like yes we know oh You've yeah come out it's, many like, times. it's like in the first episode when everyone's kind of around the table and they're saying something and he's like and i'm gay and like yes you came out years ago we all we are know. very fine <laughs> but there is this one called uh tasteful nudes adventure and it was every the kids and tasteful the, it's all up in alaska so it's like they're the great north yeah and uh, so everybody gets she like gets to try their dream job, and he wants to work at the one Italian restaurant in oh, the in the place. Yeah. yeah, and so he's so excited because he gets to work there. And their mascot is a noodle, a guy in a suit and a noodle, but for some reason just has, has one, one arm. arm. <laughs> so it's just this. And you don't know if because you never see him out of costume, oh, no. so it's like, does he only have one arm? But he, and they built the suit for him. So it's he just finds kind of out that those they weird things. and the family loves the restaurant. But he finds out they they clean the noodles. They reuse the noodles. Okay. But, the, but the kid thought it was like just the the unused noodles. And there's like we need to spray that off, and we'll, we'll use them tomorrow yeah. night. And he's like, okay, cool. And then he's like, I'm done. And like, no, no, you need to to clean off all the noodles like, but those are the noodles from people's Plates. meals <laughs> and, and it gets into this whole 
not a conspiracy, but it's like you find out that like this restaurant that everyone loves, like the shit that they're doing, and he's like, I can't, I can't, can't work. Yeah, and it's like he sees here. his family there, and it, but the way the characters are, the way um, the stories are, and then it's the little songs at the end of the episode. Oh, just like Bob's Burgers too. If you yeah. if you guys watch Bob's Burgers at all, there's always like some fun little song that they do during yeah. the credits, and they're awesome. Like there was one that was like butternut squash, and like oh, they're just random, and it's pretty great. And I like Nick Offerman a lot, but the whole thing, it, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. So, but no, I love that noodle episode. There hasn't been an episode that there hasn't been something the to take away. The premiere of season two irritated me because I'm not a I'm musical not a guy. Singer. And it was yeah, a no. big, it was a musical episode. But any like, one no. of those, I'm not a big. Uh-uh. Does Lannis more sad sing? No. No, oh, well, fuck off. They, yeah. they talk about life and not even the musical advice. episode. You remember Midnight oh, Ma- Mass? Mass Midnight, right? Midnight. Midnight Mass. Yeah. yeah. There was a part where the preacher, the preacher's helper, the young. I don't know what you the would call it. The crazy bitch? Yeah. They have this whole town, and they're singing to go to the church, and oh, it creeps yeah. me out. I, I don't do musicals for multiple reasons. Because they're going to Midnight Mass. They're, yes. They're, they're going to and Midnight And so Mass. it was a moment where they're all singing, and it was a shot of them coming out, and I just... Kylie looked at me because it was he the knew. two. The two started, and they're like, they're going to start at one end of the oh. town to walk towards the church, and they just sing. And this, and everyone's coming out of their houses with their candles, and they're all they all get in. And, and this singing. is I'm what like, I turned to Kylie. This I said, is "This religion's is creepy to me." Yeah, I said, "This is why I would never live in that town. This is not right. No one should just break out in song in someone's town. Mm-mm. Not Mm-mm. cool." Mm-mm. Kylie, mine is one that like I've had this pick for quite a few weeks now but it's one that like okay we'll wait to see if if they pick the same thing then this is what this will be my go-to pick but it is uh sci-fi is doing a chucky series mm-hmm. um and it's done by the original creator where it's so it's not this new spin-off that there's the new remake they did with uh, mark hamill as chucky it's it's in canon with all the movies they've done so far and in continuity and everything and it's been awesome i I'm too, i think there's two episodes left that i haven't watched because i think it has finished up at this point the first season but it's been really good i think uh, jennifer tilly's in it too right they bring they're bringing yeah. everybody back That's sweet. like every every episode andy? here and there it's like yeah and, oh, andy yeah. andy has come back but how old's he gotta be now he's a, he's old and he popped up in one oh, of the last old. last movies uh like one of those end credit scenes where he andy uh, pops he's gotta up be like, what oh, in his 40s probably yeah my yeah. god how old? Um, well, I mean, just but compared to the little kid that you saw. They're, they're giving you uh, Charles Lee Ray's backstory as a kid and why mm-hmm. he became the serial killer oh, okay. that he is. So it's really interesting. You're seeing him as like a child. You're seeing him as a teenager. You're seeing him as kind of a They brought the, the original actor back for Chucky then? Oh, yeah. The voice? Okay. And his daughter... Iconic. Um, his daughter was in the last couple of movies. Mm-hmm. And she's pl- she's back playing the same character from those movies. Okay. But there was a there was an episode. One of the last episodes I saw, they're showing, like, him him and as a him as an adult in bars, like picking up women and going back right, and killing right. them and stuff. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, I don't know if they got someone that looked like him and they did like some CG because I'm like that the human actor. Yeah, because it looked. I mean, they they found someone who looked like I, I just remember thinking, "Holy shit!" From like that original whoever, opening scene of Child's Play in who, Toy Store and everything. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, whoever yeah. they cast, they did awesome. 
And then I come to find out, if you watch it on sci-fi, at the end they have like a five-minute behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. of that episode where they interview people and they talk about that episode. It was his daughter. And they, because she has the same eyes and everything, they just put prosthetics on, dressed him up like a man. And people fuck? said, like, the first time that she walked on set, they're like, holy shit, you're That's you're, really yeah. cool. We did it. Yeah, yeah and I'm uh, like, oh, Is this streaming anywhere? Do you know? I, I, I'm sure the sci- I'm sure you can probably just log on to the sci-fi okay. uh, thing. That's really on. cool, though, because that's yeah, I was, I was like that. Yeah, I'm like that's. Pretty My other amazing. question was going to be that, like, does this uh, does it lean more into horror or because like because like the the original Chucky movies were more horror based, and then they kind of went to where they were like horror comedies. Like, I, I'd Brian and Chucky and Seed of Chucky were more kind of horror comedy esque. Like, they didn't take themselves as seriously, so. What's like the tone? For it's kind of it's kind of mid ground. Okay. Definitely, there, there's some there's definitely they're trying some to funny take it a little bit and, seriously though. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I mean, I mean it's, I like it's not the, over the top funny, it, right. But it does I, have funny. Moments, I didn't mind. Definitely. I mean, Brian of Chucky and Cedar Chucky got beat up. I didn't mind them. Yeah. I think they're fun. That for what they are, they're just a movie you need to put on. Yeah. But that so. that's been fun. Okay. Uh, my pick this week is the uh, Get Back. Film series from Peter Jackson on Disney Plus about the Beatles. Um, as of the time of this recording, two of the three parts tough. are out. So it's gonna be I haven't like watched the final hours. part. Uh, yeah, part part one was two and a half hours. Part two was like two hours and fifty minutes. So I mean, this thing is. Are you saying fifteen or fifty? 50. So 50. three hours, basically, basically three hours. Damn. This thing is beefy. I mean, is there is, is there narration or is it just that there's there's stuff that'll come up on the screen where it's like. Now the Beatles are moving to their new location okay. inside the Apple. Because there was one person I talked to today. I will, Apple? I will tell you name after right. after the podcast. But he came in and he's like, I tried to watch it and it was just uh, just a bunch of clips and gibberish to me. So, so I I, yeah, that was I want I want to be super clear about like who this was made for because I I did do a bunch of Twitter scrolling and stuff and found some people like me that were like, this is awesome because it it basically is what they promised you in the in the sense that it is like the most intimate look you've ever got at the Beatles. But that like there's lots of things that like this could be dramatically shorter. This could be much more but like this was made for the people that don't want it to be shorter. Mm. And so I've seen people complain that like God, you know, like it's just a it's lot just of on it's a lot on. like like the, if if you're like a casual Beatles fan or like you can kind of take it or leave it, this not is not for you. For you. Yeah. You're you're not gonna get much out of this because it's a lot of sitting around talking, and like sometimes they're playing music, sometimes they're not. But like there's one part where like they're gonna be they're writing songs, they're working out different you know chord changes and whatever, and like they'll play the chorus to Dig a Pony for 20 minutes. And like, oh, let's try this this way. And like, it, it's just repetitive. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. And so, if that's gonna bother you, you know, this is that this is not for you. This is for this was made for the people who would have watched the whole forty five hours if they could have that they started with. That's basically who this is for. Okay. So when when I just just be warned if you're if you're gonna if you want something that's more to the point and more straightforward, that's not this. This is. Basically, I think Peter Jackson went through and took out everything that they felt like they could get rid of and kept everything that they thought any Beatles would they fan would, would find it. interesting. Um, when I picked up uh, "Let It Be Naked," uh, when that came out, when I was working in Brazil, it it was a uh, it was two discs, and the second disc I think they called it "Fly on the Wall," and right. it was just twenty minutes of 
them in the studio, and it's right. literally what you're ex- yeah. you're expecting. It's tw- you put that in, you're like, if you're not a fan of the Beatles, you'd be like, what the fuck what, is this twenty minutes? What, what of- this doesn't have any value to you exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's really cool because it's like hanging out with the Beatles to a point. Sometimes they're playing music. A lot of times they're just sitting around and talking, and like there's a couple little like spats they get into. You know, George leaves and comes back. Um, it, it's just I don't know. It's really cool because first of all the fact that it the to the level which they restored all this footage of is incredible it looks it looks amazing for being this is january 1969 and it's nice like the fact they were able to restore it to to this quality in itself is like pretty amazing it it looks it's like the audio is really good it's not it doesn't sound old or anything so hats off to all the people um, another thing that I, I enjoyed is that uh, for the longest time, Disney Plus was very much like, we are going to only have family-friendly content, nothing over PG-13. We right, we censored the F-words in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. We censored the F-words in the Taylor Swift uh, folklore documentary they did. But, but Tay-Tay for, swears? Tay-Tay swears. What? My God. Um, but in this, there's disclaimers at the front of every episode for language and smoking, uh-huh. and and there there's f bombs in this. No not, kidding. Not a not a ton, but I mean they're there. Enough, and and yeah. I love that Disney was smart enough to be like, you know what, the people that are watching this are wanting the raw mm-hmm. Beatles, so we can't take this and start bleeping it and cutting stuff out of it. And mm-hmm. so I love okay. that they were like, if we're gonna do this, just le- if we're gonna have it here, let's leave it alone. And so they they did. So there is that. Um, again, it's not egregious. So. I wouldn't say like if you have little kids around, don't put this on. Like it's yeah. fine. You might hear an f bomb here or there. Everyone is smoking cigarettes. It's 1969, so there's lots of smoking. Um, they were not kidding about uh, all the all the interviews you've heard over the years about like like Yoko was always there. If John is there, Yoko is there. She is there all the time. <laughs> Whether they're like they'll be like sitting around, all of them got chairs and their instruments. She's sitting right there next to John the whole time. It's like good God, I can wow. see why. That got to be, uh, but there's just like cool little clips of like, you get to see songs kind of being born. Like they're just playing and improvising things. And like the, the song, the movie's named after get back just happens. That song just kind of, they're just playing and then it just kind of happens. And then they're talking about, you know, what do you have? What do you have? And, uh, you know, Paul, Paul McCartney plays, let it be at least like the first verse of it for the first time you get to have this footage of. The, the other three Beatles hearing that for the first time, which is just kind of cool to have. And, like, John Lennon plays a bit of Across the Universe and stuff. And, like, it's just cool. And, like, Dig a Pony. And they're kind of working on, like, what, what, what do we do the harmony here and there? And um, it's cool to get to see the Beatles be as silly as they are. Because there, like, there's a lot of times where they're just, like, playing and they're, like, singing in, like, silly high-pitched voices. And they're laughing and they're just, like, I don't know. They're just being... They're basically kids still. They're still young guys mm-hmm. here. And it's just cool to see, like, they're the biggest band in the world at this time still. And, like, just to see them get to be kind of silly and joking around with each other and everything. Um, I'm looking forward to watching part three tomorrow. It'll be out by the time this episode goes out. So by the time you hear this, it'll all be available to you. But uh, I just wanted to put the warning out there that, because I did see a lot of people that were like, tried to watch it, got a half hour in, and was like, this is just a lot of them sitting around doing nothing. That's what this is. <laughs> it's it's cameras following the Beatles everywhere they went for a three week period in nineteen. Did they explain why that that was the thing that they decided yeah. to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. And like the first ten minutes of it is like a real quick 
history of the beat. Like when you watch the first episode, it's like 1962. Paul McCartney joins the Quarrymen. Then George Harrison joins. Like boom, boom, boom. Ed Sullivan, 1963. Like they do like a real like maybe five or ten minutes kind of like. Then Sergeant Pepper's happens, and this happens, and they they start doing films. They start like so they they do kind of set the stage. They doesn't just start like boom. The Beatles are recording their you know second to last album. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I I can. My my favorite thing was Peter Jackson said, he said he's like my biggest fear going through all this footage was going to be that going through and finding out that the Beatles were assholes, because getting this kind of raw look at them. And he says I was so happy to find that like these they're all nice people, they're all good people, they do love each other, and like there wasn't there was nothing that I found in the in any of the footage where it was like oh god that's John Lennon yeah, and there's some stuff at the beginning of every episode where it's like you know editorial cuts had to be made during this footage but the filmmakers made as much of an effort to give you a, a, a honest you know look at what this band was at this time kind of a thing where it's like there's obviously things that are missing and stuff is cut here and there but like we really did try to preserve and give you an honest look at the Beatles it's not they're not trying to steer you in any direction I don't think yes. so yeah, if you're if you're a Beatles fan for sure, check it out. If you've probably already watched it, if not, then uh, yeah, probably pass. I will be checking it out soon. So, all right, well it's time to draw the next. Uh, Who drew Tommy? I King. have no idea. If I didn't have the uh, accident with my notebook and the the a few episodes back, I would have that information. But uh, I'm gonna say Mary Pigs. Go Mary. Okay. Go Mary. Spider. spider. Remember the spider. Come on, Grant It's not. That couldn't oh, happen. these are getting kind of low. I know. God, it's, well, yeah, but we got like three years out of this, though. <laughs> and then we can true. add more. But true. I can't add more because I don't remember who's in there. <laughs> don't pick bad one. Come on, Jeff Jones. Alex Ross. Oh, holy oh, shit. Oh, damn. Yeah. All righty. Kingdom Come, anyone? Kingdom Come. Uh, Kingdom all right, cool. So come. next month we're going to talk about Alex Ross. Got to start reading that now. Cause that'll probably be end of this year or next year at this point. So it's uh, true. With how things go, it'll probably be early. Next it, year. It'll probably yeah. be early next year. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you start heading into the holiday we're season. The it's, holidays, uh, yeah. yeah. So all right. Well, next month we're doing that. Next week we finish our uh, read along of Lock and Key, Volume Six. <gasps> Alpha and Omega is next week, so Aww. that's only taken us like two and a half years to do, um, or longer. But uh, I mean, we're just join us next week for that. Join us next month for Alex Ross. Until next time, I'm Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Aaron. I'm Kylie. Fuck Comicsgate. Fuck you, Charles. See Fuck you next Black week. Friday. Fuck Black Friday.